Good morning. And a very warm welcome to the service. I'm going to just repeat that. Good morning and a very warm welcome to the service to a very warm building if you are here. And I'm sure if you're watching online to wherever you may be, I'm sure that you too are experiencing a very warm day. God has been good to us by blessing us with his sunshine. We're here today at Romford Baptist Church in person or online to celebrate and to worship God. My name is Vicky. I'm one of the ministers here and I will be sharing the service uh, with Ian who will later be coming to bring God's word. On the theme today of hope in despair. I think if we think about those two words, hope on one side and despair in the other. I think sometimes we can feel that one can very much outweigh the other. That whole sense of despair, that sense of blackness, that sense of being overwhelmed, that sense of things just being too much, that sense of being unsure of the way ahead. And very much if you've been joining us online on Wednesdays as we've been looking at prayer course two, we've been talking about many of those things, about how when we pray to God, God doesn't seem to be answering and learning about where God is in those situations. Well, Psalm 18, verses 28 and 29, remind us of the hope that we have. You, Lord talking to God, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Maybe you're here this morning and that sense of despair and overwhelming feels too much, but that word there, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. And it goes on to say, with your help, I can advance against the troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. There's that sense of hope despite the darkness, despite the despair. Our first song has these words in it. It says, your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Claim that for yourself today if you need to. It goes on to say, where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. So, it goes on, I will call upon his name, your name, God. We will call upon it. As we stand in the building and listen to those words, maybe mouthing behind our masks, as you at home maybe proclaim them with your voices, let us declare that we can call upon God's name because with his help we can scale a wall and advance against the truth because he turns our darkness into light. I invite you to stand. I just invite you. Just invite you just to seat if you're seated if you're just in the building for a moment. As we just think about what we've just been singing, reminding ourselves of God's grace abounding in deepest waters, of God's sovereign hand being our guide, keeping our lamp burning, turning our darkness into light. 
Where feet may fail, where the despair seems great, where the fear surrounds me, where we're uncertain of the future, God has never failed us. God won't start now. We can indeed call upon his name. Because with his help, we can advance against the truth. With his help, we can scale those walls that seem too big. With his help, because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the creator God, the mighty God, the Prince of peace, the God who has authority over all of heaven and all of earth. That is our God, the God to whom we are here to worship today. Our God who loves us. For each one of you here in this building, for each one of you watching online, God loves you. He knows what you are going through. And he is there with you. He is our God of hope. Our God of love. Our God in whom we can trust. The God who walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. death. The God who is there at our times of difficulty and when we're celebrating and praising his name. We worship you this day, O loving Heavenly Father. We bring glory to your name. Amen. In Daniel chapter 3, it says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, talking to King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. What a sense of confidence in God. But listen as we go further. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They were proclaiming that God could save them. Even... When they went on to say, but even if he does not, we will not serve your gods. Why? Because they knew. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that their God was the real God, the saviour God, the God of heaven and earth. Can you claim that for yourselves this day? I challenge you, if you're struggling, claim that. Because as our next song reminds us, he is our good, good father. If you want to stand in the building, feel free to stand as we sing. Let's just remain standing if we're in the building and just be quiet for a moment as we think and allow ourselves to be embraced by God's love. To allow that love to draw us closer to him, deeper to him. Like a dry sponge being put into a container of water that soaks up that water to make it soft and malleable again. Just allow God's love to come in 
to soften our hearts, to overwhelm that despair, to embrace us with the hope that comes from him. Let us declare God as our light, even in that darkness, because God is here moving in our midst. God is in your home, moving with you. God is wherever you may be watching this service this morning because he is the God of all. Our next song reminds us that he is moving in our midst. Can I invite you, if you're in the building, just to hold your hands out as I reread those words from Psalm 18. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God, our God, turns our darkness into light. With God's help, we can advance against the troop. With our God, we can scale a wall. We claim that today. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. And Haley is going to catch us up with all that's going on. Thank you, Haley. Just to give you a catch-up on what's going on this week, there are lots of activities happening. Treasure Times is this Tuesday at 2 o'clock till 3.30. We have also got our Wednesday lunchtime service, which you'll need to book a place for. And also, if you'd like to be here next Sunday at 10.30, please do make sure you book a place. We've got the Wednesday um, prayer course again at 7.45 on Zoom. If you'd like to join, it's not too late, please do come along. And next Sunday, um, next Sunday is um, Creative Church. If you were at Creative Church last week but didn't manage to book a place, please make sure you book a place because Hannah does have limited numbers. So just to remind us to parents, if it's Creative Church you want to be a part of next week and you've not got a place booked, please make sure you've got one. And I'm now going to hand over to Jan to do another notice. going to get rid of the wind for a moment so you can hear. I want to invite everybody to uh, a walk tomorrow, our wellbeing walk. We're starting from the car park at 9.45 and it is for absolutely everybody and you're welcome to join us at any part on the route as well and for once, this is so rare, I think I can almost guarantee the weather as well tomorrow. So you might want to wear sun cream and a hat rather than bring an umbrella and a coat which we'd normally tell you. But tomorrow, the walk is about being together, but in a safe way. So you might be listening to this at home. I don't know which camera, that one. And um, you might not have been out yet. And maybe you're struggling to find a way to come out safely. This walk tomorrow is for you. Or it might be that you're used to coming out, but it would just be lovely to spend some time together and actually to pause, to stop, and just to appreciate the gift that God has given us of life together. It might be that during lockdown, you've found a whole new side of you that you didn't know about, of anxiety and depression or fear of worries. And again, this walk is a chance to just walk together in a safe manner 
and to share our hearts with each other, to share our stories of lockdown even with each other. Maybe you feel lonely, maybe you don't. Maybe you can walk well, and this is a, really a stroll in the park. Or maybe you use a mobility aid. You're very welcome to come on your scooter. You're welcome to bring your baby in a buggy. You're welcome to bring a well-behaved dog on a lead. This walk is for all of us to come together and to have a short walk. We're going to start the car park. We'll be out of the car park by 10 to 10. So get here for quarter two, a bit before. And we'll head out. We'll walk down to Lodge Farm Park, through Lodge Farm Park, cross over the crossing into Ray Falls, through to the bandstand, where we're going to pause and spend a few minutes just stopping, just breathing, thinking about our mental well-being before, if, um, if we're not too hot at that point, walking through the trees and through to get maybe an ice cream rather than that cup of coffee we mentioned. Um, and then people can either sit in the shade there and chat or else they can wander back. So please join us here. Join us in Lodge Farm Park. Join us at the bandstand. We should be there about 10 past 10, quarter past 10, and we'll be there for about five minutes. Or even join us at the very end at the little cafe uh, near the tennis courts at the far end of Rayfalls Park, where you can also park for free at that end of the park. But if there's more than 30 of us, then we will make sure that when we do the pausing bit, we're going to break into two groups. But otherwise, we'll be walking in twos or threes, so it's a really safe time to walk. And if you want to wear a mask, you can, but obviously we're outside, and there's going to be lots of distance, so good time. If you're feeling afraid and scared to come and to be with other people, but you're desperate to meet up again, please come and please pray for those of us. And if you're in a really good frame of mind, please join us because actually we need everybody together to build one another up. So please come and uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thank you. That's an offering to you as that you can accept, but we also want to say thank you to you for all your offerings, whether you've been paying them uh, via the website as you've watched the, the service, you've brought them and put them in the boxes, you've done it by bank transfer or contactless as you come in, whether you've put checks through the door, whatever way you've done it, we want to say thank you. A huge, great thank you. Let's bring our thanks of prayers of praise to God. Father God, we thank you that through the finance that we can give to you, you can use it in immeasurable ways, not only for the work of God here in this place, but, Father God, in a way that you can use it across our world. Father God, we've been singing today about how you are the God of the world who can bring hope into despair. And, Lord, that money that we give is used to bring around hope and to to allow people to see you at work in all situations. So, Father God, we thank you for what we can give. Lord, may you richly bless it, we pray. Amen. Our young people will be heading out for their activities uh, now, and uh, we are going to just uh, pause while they go, and then we're going to sing our next song. Ian's doing hand signals and I haven't understood them.
reminds us that we can call on God every hour of every day of every night. We sing again, I need thee every hour. Take your seats. As we come now to a time of prayer, let us pray. Lord, as we've just been reminded in that song, we need you at times when things are difficult, but also when we want to come to you and give you our thanks and praise. Lord, we come to you in prayer with needs of our, for our own, but also for needs of others, knowing that you are a God of mercy and of compassion. We thank you that you care about us, that you care about this, the world that you created. We thank you that your grace is abundant, your faithfulness is never-ending, and that, Lord, your heart for us is full of love. As, Lord, we think about our world, Lord, we thank you that you created it. We thank you that you care about it, but, Lord, we pray that we too may care about it as you care about it. Father God, as we think about the G7 meeting down in Cornwall, talking today about the environment, Lord, we recognize that, yes, they have decisions that can impact on us people across this world, but, Lord, you are the God who is the creator of all. Lord, we pray for those conversations and those decisions today. We pray for those protests that are taking place, reminding those leaders of those countries of the damage that we are doing to your creation. But Lord, not only can we think about that globally, Lord, what about our own actions? Lord, help us to be responsible for the actions and the choices that we make that impact upon your world, your creation. Father God, challenge us through what we hear, through what we read, through the voice of the other. Help us to care for your world, we pray. And Lord, as we think about our world, we recognize that the pandemic continues. And Father God, yes, it's worrying to hear how numbers are beginning to rise again following the, the, the way that Delta is being transmitted. But Father God, we pray for all those who are suffering and struggling at this time. Lord, as our government weighs up that balance between businesses and the calls of the community to allow restrictions to end in eight days' time, Father God, we pray too for the scientists and for our emergency workers and our NHS staff and for all those who are fearful of what may happen. And Lord, as our government balances that tension, Lord, we bring them before you now and the leaders of our world right now and father god we pray for wisdom we pray for discernment we pray that lord 
your hand will continue to be seen through the ways that people are showing your love and care and your compassion to those who are ill. Father God, we thank you. As we think about our care home up the road of Parkside, Lord God, we thank you that you have kept the residents there safe. And Lord, we continue to lift up each one of the residents and their relatives and their staff before you. And Father God, we pray a continued hand of protection upon them. Father God, we pray that for all of us. And we pray that for all those in our world. And Lord, we thank you that there are people with whom we have connections here who are working and ministering, not just here in this place or at Church 123 or at Winter Gardens on Canvey Island or across our world in Moldova and Asia and uh, Bulgaria and wherever it may be. Lord God, there are people who are seeking to bring light into darkness, who are seeking to bring hope into despair. Father God, we bring before you those who are working tirelessly to give out their vaccines, to enable water to be given to those who live in villages where there is no water other than dirty water. Lord, we pray for our charity workers and those who are seeking to make a difference in our world. Father God, have your hand upon them, we pray. Keep them safe, we pray. And Lord, we pray for those who we know who are struggling. We do pray for those who are and have been bereaved recently. We pray for them and for those who are continuing to mourn after losing loved ones many days, weeks, or months ago. Lord, we bring them before you now and ask that you will hold them in your loving arms. We pray, Lord, for those who are in hospital, who have just come out of hospital, who we know, Lord God, we thank you for healing, we thank you for care, we thank you for the intervention of scientists and for doctors and nurses and care staff and support workers. Father God, be with them in their homes, we pray. And Lord, we pray for those who are struggling and have been struggling for some time. Lord, draw close to them wherever they may be this day. And for each one of us who may be carrying a burden, Lord, draw no close to us, we pray too, that we may know your strength, your peace, your courage in all that we face in the coming days and weeks. And Father, we thank you that together, wherever we may be, in whatever language we speak, we can pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. And we pray that now using our mother tongue, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And our next song reminds us that God is indeed an awesome God. If you're in the building, I invite you to stand. This morning's reading is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have gained access by faith and into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? This is God's word for today. Thank you, Alison. I'll turn the fan back on now. It's not blowing straight at the microphone, but uh, uh, just to keep people slightly cool. Lovely to have a warm day, isn't it? but how we love to moan about the weather. I think it was three weeks ago that people were saying, it's cold, isn't it? I need to find a heater. Oh, it's very cold. And people complaining about having the windows open in the church because it was cold, but we had to do it for COVID-safe reasons. And now we're complaining it's hot. We're never happy, are we? And that really leads into today's theme so well, hope in Despair. Despair. You know that feeling where everything is out of your control. You can't do anything about it and you despair. One of the things my mum used to often say about me, I despair. Maybe if you're a parent, you understand that, those very words, I despair. Maybe that's something we're feeling as a nation at the moment when we don't know if we're going, what tomorrow's going to bring and the news of tomorrow. Are we going to be despairing? Despair. Things that are out of our control. And many people will look at the whole theme of despair and the message of the Bible 
And there will be people who are outside the Christian faith who want to say, you cannot trust the Bible. You cannot trust God. From John Lennon's imagine where he's trying to say, imagine there is no religion. To modern developments that keep telling the church to get up to date and that we're not relevant. Very interesting, as a footballer yesterday hit the ground, what was all the tweets from the fellow footballers praying for you? Praying for you. So much that one of the BBC commentators last night said, I don't understand this thing about prayer, but it seems to be making a difference. We keep praying. We keep praying. But we're challenged as Christians also to keep our faith in God, even in our moments of despair, in our moments when it all doesn't seem to be going smoothly and right. Jesus himself understood despair as he was in the desert being tempted and told there's an easy way out, yet he remained firm for the truth. And we're encouraged as people to keep going the easy way rather than the God way, to trust in all sorts of things rather than God's way. And we find ourselves in a tug of war. So we look at despair, and I'm wanting to use the reading that Alison read from Romans chapter 5. And I want to say first thing, in your moments of despair, hold on. Anybody here like roller coasters? There's a few people who like going on roller coasters. I counted three and one not sure. Oh, four. Sorry, I apologize. Five, six. Oh, they're, they're more roller coaster minded in the gallery than downstairs. What does that say about the split between gallery and downstairs, whether up high or down low? There are those people who, in my opinion, are mad, who want to go on the roller coaster, the big ride, just to be scared witless. And they go on, and you see them. On the roller coaster, you see those photos as they come off the roller coaster, and some are having a great time, and others are holding on for dear life. Well, I'm not a roller coaster fan. To me, I don't like being that much out of control. And in the Bible, we have the biblical characters who were taking the risks for God, maybe not roller coasters, but just as frightening, the Moses, the Joshua, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, or Jesus, Peter, John, Stephen, Paul, all faced moments of absolute fear and despair and would turn their face back to God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were told to bow the knee to Nebuchadnezzar, or they will, and they said, we will not bow the knee. Our God can save us, but even if he doesn't. Daniel is going to be thrown in the lion's den unless he does. And God meets him in the lion's den. 
And I want to say to you, whatever your sense of despair or turmoil is, your fear that is coming over you, God is there. And I do something. Every time Vicky says something about me, people tell her off, but they never tell me off when I say something about Vicky. Let's see if I can push it today. <laughs> One of the things most people who know Vicky know about Vicky is the reason she wears dark glasses is light causes her a lot of pain. And light, particular colours of light, which you and I would not recognise, Vicky gets a lot of pain from and can cause her huge amounts of discomfort and headaches and all sorts of other complications which I won't go into. One of those things that really causes a pain is travelling at night. You know when you're going along in the car and you get those blue headlights and the headlights flick, flick, flick. So Vicky, when we are driving at night, wears incredibly dark sunglasses. She's not driving, I hasten to add. So much so that she can barely see anything other than occasional lights darkened out and the red lights of the car go in the same direction as us. She can't see the bigger picture. Her faith is totally in me who is driving to know the bigger picture. But the scariness is, is occasionally, you know when there's a red light, you're getting closer to it and sometimes at pace, but she can't always tell it's in a different lane for us. And she will grab the seat, and she will even try to brake, even though the brake is on my side of the car. She won't actually... My sister probably would not let her in her car, because my sister's a driving instructor, and she does have a brake on that side of the car. And it's not Vicky being silly or anything. She can only see what she can see. She knows I can see a lot more. She knows I have the bigger picture, but that doesn't stop her despair, her fear of that moment that we're going to be doomed. And for her, the despair is so real. For me, it's, I've got the bigger picture. I know we're okay. I know we are safe. Why do I give this illustration and push it to people complaining about me saying things about my wife? It's so often that's where we are with God, isn't it? We feel our despair. All we can see is what we can see and we can only see despair. Yet God has the bigger picture and God knows the end story. And God is saying, I can see something bigger. You don't need to fear. Hold on to me. Hold on to me. I've got it covered. I've got the controls. I've got it covered. And I believe God's saying to those of us who today sense despair and turmoil and trouble, God is saying into our lives, I've got it covered. In Ephesians chapter 6, where we have that, the uh, description of the armour of God, we are told to stand firm with the armour of God. Of God. Stand firm 
with the armour of God. And in Romans 12, we're encouraged to transform our minds by the renewing of the minds that comes from the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 5, it says these words. By faith into this grace which we have now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but also the glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. God uses our despair to transform us that we can have hope. What are you despairing about at the moment? What is the picture that you can't see the hole and you're having to hold on? Vicky will often grab the door of the handle of the door of the car. She knows it's not going to do anything. She knows it's not going to slow the car down or stop the car going in any particular motion. But she finds that better than grabbing my arm, which is doing something of use, and taking it off. But the one thing we know from the whole of Scripture, and we know, is that we can grab on to God. And maybe today, in your despair, you need to grab on to God. And God will reassure us with the words, I can see the bigger picture. Hold on. Hold on. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. But hold on. I've got it covered. And so in despair, hold on. But also, God, God uses our despair for growth. In that reading from Romans that I just read, our suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Friends, even in our despair, there's a better story to come. It might not feel it at the moment. It might not feel it at the moment. And do you know what? It's okay to say, God, I've had enough. I'm cheesed off. I'm feeling despair. It's okay to say to God, this is hard. Just so many times, Christians are criticized by other Christians for saying it is hard. It's okay. And I say as your pastor, be honest. Be honest and say it's hard going. 
That's not a lack of faith. It's a true situation of where you are. It is hard going. It's a legitimate thing. But God's going to use that hard going to develop you, to strengthen you, to give you a character overhaul, to show his power at work in your hand. The New Testament, that man who was born blind, people were questioning whose fault was it this man was born blind. And God, Jesus said, it's nobody's fault, but that your, my glory may be seen. But that you may see God's glory. God's going to use this for something amazing. And God's testimony is told. Many of us are enjoying the prayer course on a Wednesday evening at the moment. Uh, several people have said to me, it's hard, isn't it? Yes, it's hard going. This is not the Christian faith sort of in its softened style. This is the hard stuff. What happens when our prayers are not answered in the way we want? But it's great to hear the stories that are coming and some of those testimonies of bereavement and people who have had brain tumours and those sort of things that come through the course and God is using every one of those stories to show his power and testimonies are coming. And so God uses our despair for growth but then in verse 5 we see that God's despair is an opportunity to experience, experience the love of God in the most powerful way. The love of God in the most powerful way. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. My testimony, Vicky's testimony, and the testimony of so many people I know is when something awful happens, then we know God's love in the most amazing way. It doesn't make the something happen easy a year ago Vicky and I would have given anything not to have our son in hospital unreachable with sepsis but what we experienced what our son and his wife experienced what our grandchildren experienced was God's love being poured out in the most amazing way. And I want to say to you today, God's love is powerful. Even in despair. And it's not always that moment when you come to God that the despair goes. Sometimes the despair, that dark period, that valley, that horrendous, overwhelming 
sadness is with you, but in that moment is also God's presence with you. In your sadness that you are maybe experiencing today, whether you're in church or you're watching this at home, open yourself up to experiencing the love of God. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 46. You all know this psalm, don't you? God is our refuge and strength, our ever present help in times of trouble. And it's the psalm that ends up, be still and know that I am God. But in the middle of that psalm, there's that stanza that talks about, there is a stream that makes glad the city of God. That sense of a stream in the Old Testament is God's refreshing coming through. And in the middle of this psalm about despair, about war, about trauma, when we're going to get the invitation just to be quiet before God, there is this promise of a stream. A stream of God's presence coming into that place. Ezekiel 47 has another picture of a stream, a stream flowing out from the Holy of Holies, the place of God, the presence of God, and God's stream coming out of that. And everywhere that stream goes, life starts to spring up in a barren land. And you're invited as you read that to go in and see how deep that stream is. Friends, today there is a stream that will make glad the people of God. That stream is the presence of God coming by the Holy Spirit and showing us the love of God, the power of God. Yes, it will come into our despair. And yes, we may still feel despair and sadness as we go through that. But God is in that. And he is with you. He is the one who has understood despair. He is the God who has let his own son die. And can you imagine the pain of God experiencing that? Yet he did not hold back because his love for us was greater than his pain. Will you allow a stream of God's love to overwhelm you today? Romans 5 continues. You see, just at the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly 
Very rarely will die, someone, anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't wait for us to get sorted. To believe in us. Maybe you've been in one of those relationships or maybe you're in a relationship and you're waiting for the other person to get sorted before you believe in them. God didn't wait. I thank God for that. What it says here in Romans is whilst we were still powerless. You see, we can claim no credit for our salvation. We can claim no credit for us experiencing the love of God. It's not because we were good enough or spiritual enough. It's not because we have, we're clever enough or anything of our own power. The Roman book to the Romans says this, whilst we were powerless. Let me tell you, you are powerful. Because you're powerful enough to stop God doing something. Let me explain. God comes by invitation. God comes into your life by invitation. And if you say, God, I don't want you to have any for me, that's your free will. You can do that. If you want to say, God, you have no role in my life, that's your free will. But you're not powerful enough to sort yourself out. That comes from a work of God through the Holy Spirit. That's why in the book of Romans it says, whilst we were powerless, Christ died for us. God paid the price when we were powerless. And we are powerless to sort ourselves out, but God is all-powerful. And his love is such that he did not wait for us to be good enough, clever enough, skilled enough, or anything enough. He did it because he loves us. And in our despair, God is not saying when you have enough faith. That's a relief, isn't it? It's not about having enough faith. It's not about being obedient enough or ticking enough spiritual boxes to pass the GCSE of Christian life to see God work. How do we see God work? It's recognizing we're powerless. And just saying, God. Please, have your 
way in me. I trust you with a bigger picture. I trust you with a bigger picture today, God. Going back to the picture of Vicky and I travelling at night, we could choose to only travel during daylight hours. That would solve it. But you know what? Sometimes that's just not practical, particularly in winter. Lord, have your way. Have control. Let me tell you a great promise. I'm from verse 9 of Romans 5. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, have we been, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? We are secure for eternity. Even in your despair, even in your down moment, hear that word from Romans chapter 5. We are secure for eternity. When we talk about hope in despair, I want us to talk about knowing the future. Let me read a different verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 56. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But verse 57 of 1 Corinthians 15 says this. But, hear that word, but. Yeah, all's doom, all's gloom. There is hopelessness. But, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder if today, in your despair, today in your situation, you can hear this word, but. But thanks be to God. He gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, Paul writes into the Corinthian church, goes on and says, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Friends, 
Life often has those chapters of despair. The feeling of powerlessness. But God can see the bigger picture and God wants his river of love to flow through you. God wants his power to be seen in you because he loves you. He has saved you and he wants you to know that he has given you the victory. As we come towards some conclusion, we will go pray in a moment, but first we're going to just have that song, You Never Let Go. As we worship with using this song, it's one of those songs I'd love to be able to sing, and maybe in a few weeks we can, but not yet. But we can believe it. Oh no, you never let go. Let's declare that to God today. And Lord, in this moment, may the stream of your presence flow through us. Lord, into our despair, pour your hope. And Lord, may we know that truth. I can see a light that is coming. Lord, thank you for being with us in this service. Thank you for being here at this time. And as we go, Lord, we go in your strength. And so may the blessing of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen. There will be a song Canyons play, sorry, Victor's Crown playing, which reminds us that we have the Victor's Crown, but our service has now come towards a conclusion. If you want to just stay and be quiet with God for a moment, that's fine. Otherwise, please leave by the normal one-way system. God bless you.